you're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hello, I'm so glad you could join us for this special episode with Melissa Thompson. She is going to walk us through every single type with boundaries. And oh my gosh, during Intimacy Month, we need to know how to draw close. We need to know how to draw boundaries. This episode is going to help us to do both because you guys might remember Melissa, who was one of our most popular guests ever, Enneagram 2. She talked about attunement with us. I think that was our highest rated show ever. And she truly knows how to delve deep. But this woman, oh my gosh, she is also so good with boundaries. I am telling you, she is not only a self-defense instructor, she is Gottman Level 2 trained herself. She is also AACC certified. She's Enneagram and Marriage certified. She's a mama of four. This woman has it covered and she's fun and balanced. So she's going to give us a lot of that relational joy as well as just that sense of like, where do I end and where do I begin? And in my marriage or relationship, how can I make sure that I'm honoring who I was made to be as well as lift off for our relationship? So don't worry, we're not going to leave your spouse in the dust. We are also not going to leave you in the dust. We want you healthy and balanced as much as possible. And that is where we're off to today in just a couple minutes. I want to remind you, Melissa's info is in the show notes if you need more intense one-to-one training or just some time with her as a coach. Um, I also want to let you know that I hope you're in the midst of summer balancing with us. We're almost through summer here at ENM. If you're listening live, we've kind of just passed the Barbie Oppenheimer. Barbie Barbie Hammer, I think is what people are calling it. Weekend. I cannot get the Dua Lipa song out of my head all day. Dance the night away. Um, I I've had fun with these big blockbusters, including Mission Impossible. And our family is now officially like has way too many AMC points. So, but I have really enjoyed that because I don't know if you're like me, but you're beating the heat perhaps in your state or part of the world. Then you get it why we've been to a lot of movies. So that was very refreshing, but we're also working hard out there. And I hope you are also relaxing because I know we've had to maintain balance too on those days where we're like, oh my gosh, we're working so hard, sending kids to camp, sending kids to play dates, all that stuff. Um, But also knowing we need our time as adults. So whether you're balancing parenting or uh, marriage with all of this, as Melissa talks us through each type, just keep in mind that you don't forget your marriage. Because I know that um, as I was trying to balance everything last week, I was really good good socially. And so was Wes. And then I was really good, excuse me, the self-pres instinct. And I was at my pure bar class every day. And I was, you know, really getting time to journal. And then I was like, we totally let it go and not glow, go literally two hours time to just really reflect instead of teens running in and out. I mean, it, it was hard to get even that two hours. I came out of my shower and the girls were waiting on my bed for me. Mom, let's have movie night. And I'm like, 
oh my gosh, like I want this. We were totally called out and embarrassed when in the Barbie movie, they were like watching Jane Austen's BBC version for the seventh time. And I'm like, you know what? Girls, I need time with your dad. And I'm sorry if it's uncomfortable, but like we need time together. So they're like, oh, got you. Like we get it. We're part of the family team. So don't be afraid to set those boundaries and know that I never want to come alongside as like this person who isn't also in the trenches with you. I am right here balancing. It's up and down, in and out. And we're all doing that. And uh, as I was finishing up the Jane Austen book I was reading last week, an autobiography, I was really laughing out loud when I saw that she herself also said, I hate perfection. I cannot do perfect. It makes me grossed out. And I was like, oh my gosh, I always say that too. So um, I guess that's why I like her books is we're real here. So just know that we're in it with you, but we're very intentional to balance those instincts. And that was really quickly able to be seen when I just said, oh my gosh, we're off on our boundaries. Like we're giving too much socially and we're taking our time for ourselves and our workouts, but like, where are we? So just make sure you're leaning in for that and doing that with me. And if you need that intention, we're going to be opening up our collective very soon so that you can come on in with even more intention with us too. But I need that as a busy type seven and he's the busy one. I will leave off without relational care if I don't truly plan it in. So just know that you're not alone if that happens to you or your spouse and know that we're bringing you back for refreshment right here today with Melissa so you can set the boundaries and save time for you, for your relationship, and of course, for your beautiful glow and giving in the world. All right, let's talk to Melissa. Today, I'm joined with Melissa. Thank you so much, Melissa, for coming today. Thank you for inviting me to do this with you today. I love doing these with you. Oh, you are one of our most popular guests. And shout out to you for that, Melissa. You have such a gift for coaching. And I'm so thankful and grateful to have you not only here on our global team, but also on our local team. I I love being a part of this team. Our family, this the group that we have here is just amazing. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Look what I do. I love what I do. Oh, you are so fun. And you are an in-person kind of person as we were talking about when we got on here. So I know God made you social. And and yet that brings us to this space of you have had to work to become very good with boundaries because you're so social, I would imagine. Um, I've had, yes, being a two on the Enneagram, I've definitely had to, um, create some strong boundaries in my life. I had no idea what boundaries were. I didn't know how to implement them. And boundaries were scary for me because when I was younger, those boundaries were crossed a lot of times. And if I tried to create a boundary for myself, that meant conflict. It meant getting in trouble, mm-hmm. um, it meant abandonment and rejection. So to me, a boundary was very unsafe. So in my practice with my clients, Boundaries are a huge topic for me. It's something I'm extremely passionate about, but it's something that I want to offer to my clients in a safe way. I want them to be able to learn how to draw the boundaries because it's not so some it's not a language that you learn immediately. It's something that you have to keep practicing to become fluent in. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do with my clients. I want to provide that safe place for them to start drawing those boundaries in their relationships of all kinds. Mm-hmm. So that's super important. 
That's beautiful. And you really speak my language, girl, when you say safe. <laughs> so I love that that's part of who you are. Uh, and I think that that's something that two is another heart types, threes and fours listening. Um, we're going through actually a deep dive on all the types of boundaries today, excitingly. But I think everyone's, especially in that heart triad, listening to you say that because, uh, as you said, it can feel threatening if you're asking people to set boundaries that don't feel safe to them, right? Very much so. Like I said, it's scary for most people. Mm -hmm. When I talk to my clients, when we're doing couples work or even individual work, and I talk about, okay, well, where are your boundaries? Oh, I don't. Yeah, that's a subject that we need to talk more about. I mean, it's a, it's a fair, like I, I did a post the other day and said that there's a spectrum for boundaries. You either have no boundaries or you have extremely rigid boundaries. And we want to try to find that in between. Mm. Now, sometimes having no boundaries with somebody means that you have a very healthy relationship with them and you don't really need to implement those boundaries because they have healthy boundaries as well. Mm. So spectrum, there's a spectrum in the boundaries. But when I look at that spectrum, usually it's because there's a lot of codependency. There's been a lot of abuse and trauma and type of things where they haven't learned to have those healthy boundaries. And like mm. I said before, it's more negative for them than it is a positive. Mm, that makes sense. So I love how today with our tips and with if you guys need a coach, Melissa is amazing and she does virtual and phone as well. Um, she is giving tips that will help each Enneagram type to feel safe while they give them. And then of course, you guys can titrate the tips as you need to to implement them in your lives. So thank you, Melissa. Your time is so valuable and I'm so thankful for you today. I'm just happy to share this time with you. This is exciting. Yes, it is our summer fun. Well, uh, let's talk about each of the types. How about we begin with type one and boundaries and something you've noticed about how ones can work in this area? Okay. I think, well, ones, I would say that they, they, ones are fabulous because I think they are in a place where they want to make the world better, right? With their boundaries. And I think create, they have very strong boundaries. Mm. And sometimes that can come across a little bit critical, seeming or controlling to their partner. And so I think if we're in a relationship with a one, I think it's important to understand where they're coming from, as mm. far as for how they go about creating those boundaries. And I think that they create those boundaries to have a better understanding of the relationships for that safety for themselves. Hmm. So they sort of need some autonomy. And when they're setting the boundaries, it's not out of, I can't be with you right now. It's I have to get certain things done and then I'll come back to you when I can. Correct. And I think boundaries, I mean, with the one, I think their core fear is, is of what failure, right? Yeah. And so they don't want to seem like they're inadequate or they're failures and they create those, those boundaries. Um, so that they don't, so that they know what their guidelines are for that in the relationship. Like I said, I remember hearing something one time, a one saying uh, somebody was in a relationship with a one and they're like, oh my gosh, when I'm pulling out of the driveway, they get mad at me, even if I don't have my seatbelt on in the driveway. Mm. And I understand how that can seem critical, but look at it this way. They're protecting you. They're wanting to protect you. They're rule followers. So they mm. want to protect you. And instead of looking at it as them being critical or harsh of you, think about it in a positive way. And if they're being that critical of you, think about how critical they are of themselves mm. in you. Yeah. 
And I think that's a cool way to say if a one sets a boundary with you and says, I can't, for instance, drive with you unless you're taking this more seriously, then you guys might have to form some different alliances around that relationship. Like, okay, well, we don't let this happen again for this reason. Maybe I, um, hopefully you want to wear a seatbelt, but you know, uh, (laughs) that you figure out what parameters you guys need so that you can still have a relationship. And I think that's okay to say, um, where you're rubbing really harshly, maybe take breaks now and again. Correct. And I think, I think a good way to help them, um, in those boundaries Mm -hmm. is to, um, to remind them that they are innately good because I don't think I wouldn't say core fear. I think I said that wrong. Their core fear is not failure. It's a being bad, right? And that's our our rule followers. And so I think when you're in a relationship with a one, it's remind them you are good. You are good. You are a wonderful person. And um, all the attributes, the boundaries that you have, they are healthy. And I think it's good to be able to articulate to them. They are a little bit harsh. So maybe we can soften some of those boundaries. So we're not so rigid all of the time. And I think it's okay for one to learn how to be able to say no to certain things mm-hmm. too. And so I think that's, that's huge for a one. Yeah. And I did resonate when you said ones also have failure, uh, as something they don't like, because that is huge for ones that they don't understand the concept sometimes of failing forward. Um, and so I think you really hit the nail on the head in both of those regards that they can work towards, uh, being more gentle on others and themselves and their partner can work on, I love what you said, just really see that your one desires improvement. Um, because when you frame it that way, it can be so much healthier than you getting lost or stuck in the thought that your one wants vengeance on you or that they're, uh, trying to get you. Um, I know I've done that before and it's been so helpful to me to be able to say, oh, Wes desires my good. So you nailed it. Um, let's talk about twos, your type. Well, um, like I said before at the beginning, um, we, we don't have an unhealthy two that is unaware, takes on more of the codependent tendencies and they don't have a lot of the boundaries and their boundaries are tied up. I think their identity, our identity is tied up in other people and what we do for the other people and the way that they receive us. We give to a point of exhaustion and that's when we don't have healthy boundaries And a lot of times I will tell my twos, it's no is a complete sentence. You Mm -hmm. don't have to exhaust yourself for other people. It's learning to find that fine line and that balance of, yes, I want to serve other people and I want to do for them, but also I need to, I need self-care for myself. And I think twos, I know for myself for a long time, I needed permission to do things for myself Mm -hmm. and to let the ball drop for other people sometimes. And that fear of not being loved Mm. in our relationship keeps us in that place of constantly serving and giving Mm. and doing and extending ourselves beyond sometimes what we're capable of doing. And then we become resentful and then the ego takes over Mm. and we become resentful because we're depositing, but nobody is depositing back into our bank account. Mm. Um, but there's a pride that comes in that too. I do all this, I do this. And it's, there's almost, I think the unhealthy too, there's almost like a victim mentality where I do, and I do, and I do, and I do, and I put myself out there and I'm exhausted and I'm working and I'm the one doing all of this. Mm. Um, but they tend to forget that they don't have to do all of that. Mm. 
And it's hard for a two to come to a place where they can accept that. But once they do, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see a two have those healthy boundaries. Oh, I agree. And I love when I get to see twos do that. I love knowing that you're teaching them to do this. I love seeing you set boundaries. Um, and so thank you. You are such an expert, uh, around this. And I love that you teach your twos that no is a complete sentence. Also. No, is definitely a complete sentence. Anything you want to add to two, since I know this is your special type that you, you are a two. I want to add that in a relationship with a two, a lot of times we want to help them draw those boundaries. And we see, I watch my couples and I watch them get very frustrated with their partner because their partner almost gives so much to everybody else that they don't give as much to their partner sometimes because they want to give, give, give. And I, I think that we can't tell a two to stop caring for other people and stop doing for other people. Mm. And I think it's good to support them in that, but it's also good to encourage them in mm -hmm. a soft, gentle way that mm. setting boundaries also means setting boundaries for yourself, not just other people. And so I think that's really important. Like it's okay. Care for these people. I love that you have a heart to care for people and do all of these things, but you also have to set boundaries for yourself so that you don't lose yourself in that. Mm, okay. Relationship. That's so helpful. Okay. Thank you. What about our type threes out there? I know you have a lot of relationship to three too. Um, we have your one and your three on either side. What do you say to our threes? Well, the threes are definitely the performer. Then they um they wear many masks to fit mm. their very goals in lives, right? Yeah. And they have a hard time drawing the no boundary with people. Mm. And what I've noticed with my threes is that with them being so task oriented, um, their, their love, their core fear is to not be worthy, to not be loved. Mm. And so a lot of times they do do a lot of things, extending themselves much like a two, but they do things being task oriented to gain the approval and appreciation from their partner or from other family members or from friends in the community. And um, when they don't receive that, they feel very rejected and dejected. Mm. And I think it's good to be able to see how vulnerable they are, but, you know, sometimes with their core motivation being admiration from other people, mm. um, if threes aren't careful, they can tend to believe that their constructed self is their authentic self. Mm. Um, most threes, they do have ample boundaries um, to help them respond appropriately to their audience. And their core fear is being insignificant or a failure. Um, mm. And to cope, they look for ways to be valuable. Their core motivation is admiration. Mm. Again, task-oriented. Um, and if a three tries to make everything perfect for someone they love, the task and then the task isn't appreciated, um, the three will feel like they have failed and that they mm -hmm. are not. And so I think that it's good to remember in that relationship with a three, um, they are wonderful to have on your side. They get things done. They are great leaders. Um, they usually look good and they're very organized. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, you know, you just want to help them to um, not allow others to disrespect them by taking advantage of what they can do and how much they can do. Um, 
We want to encourage them to find things that make them happy and bring joy to them, not a task for somebody else. I think that's really important. And um, they have to, um, they don't have to take on more than they can handle. And that's really hard for a three as they are task oriented. Oh, that's such a gift to them to hear. Thank you, Melissa, for them to hear. I don't have to be on all the time. I get to rest too. And that's not only okay, but what I need to do. That's enlightening. It's important to remind them that they are loved regardless of their accomplishments. Hmm. Yes, you guys are loved. Loved. Loved and safe. They don't have to prove themselves to us. Yes. Kind of a permission. I think the heart needs permission for a lot of things. Mm, yeah, that heart type in them says you are here for others and um, you are loved because of others. And so if they don't show you, um, your worth seems to go down. And thank goodness you remind them you're still just as worthy, even if somebody else is having a bad day and can't affirm you. Um, that's important. I'm glad you're saying you don't have to push even harder in those moments. Correct. Correct. I think that we need to be softer with a three, you know, the threes that I have experienced, even within their own family unit, they will try to make everything perfect at home for, let's say a child that isn't as engaging. And when that child isn't engaging, the parent feels extremely rejected and Mm -hmm. hurt and they can't figure out what they're doing wrong or why they aren't lovable to their, to their child. Mm -hmm. And the things that I have to look at is we all have different personalities and identities and characteristics that God has given us. And the way that one child responds to them versus another child or a lack of is not a representation of their love for their parent. They just have a different way of communicating that. And just because the three has a certain way to communicate that love doesn't yeah. mean that every family is going to, or that it's a bad thing. Yeah. That's a good reminder that they might have to work with some different temperaments, even as they uh, are looking to do their own growing. That's huge. And their own boundary setting, know that people might have some boundaries with them too. Correct. Correct. Mm. Oh my gosh, this is so helpful. And I think of all the three parents who do that and knowing so many of them love out of that sense of like, I want to teach you how to be a good adult. Um, You're reminding them, you know, let your kids teach you who they are, even as you give that gift. Um, What about our type fours? Our type fours, the romantic. Um, The fours live for relationships Mm. and connection, despite believing that they do not belong. And where they lack boundaries, they may fear saying no to an unreasonable request in order to maintain the relationship as they fear rejection. Mm -hmm. Um, Their interpersonal boundaries are they feel flawed. They feel others possess qualities that they lack. um, And all of this, despite being creative and unique and emotionally honest and highly intelligent. Mm -hmm. So I think with a four, um, how we can help a four with boundaries um, is to help them see that they are not too much, Mm. um, that they have an agency in this world. And it's okay um, to be misunderstood, that this isn't a failure on their part. Mm. Um, They don't have to conform in order to fit in um, with their unique creativity and and the way that they think and the way that they see the world. Um, They aren't responsible for others' emotions. I think a four will um, change a little bit to conform to 
even though they're very strong, I think, in what they think and what they believe, they do have a tendency to conform if there is something stronger, a, a stronger personality for them because of that need for connection and wanting mm -hmm. to fit in. Wow. And that they can take time. They are thinkers. They need time to process their feelings. And I think it was being in a relationship with a four, I think it's important to say, you know, I understand that you need time to go think about this process, what we've just, the conflict that we've just had, the conversation that we've had, the big issue, the trauma that's just happened. Like, I want to give you mm -hmm. your space. I often say that the fours are distancers when it comes mm -hmm. to that, because they do need to take the time to process mm -hmm. that their feelings and thoughts. This is very honoring to the four. And I'm really grateful to hear this. Most of the time, I feel like people say um, the exact opposite to a four, like, you know, you don't have to be unique. And I appreciate that. But I really like what you're saying today is allow yourself to be unique and don't feel like you have to conform to everybody. Allow yourself some space and time to withdraw. And it doesn't mean you don't come back, but you honor that how you were made was to take some time to do that. So I love that. That's so healthy. It's, it's, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I think it is important to, to cherish their authenticity. And I think mm. they need to be appreciated for that. Definitely. Mm. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I know fours are just like, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. And spouses, yes. Lean into that. She's why she and I both have fours in our lives. And that's why we're like, yes, we know this is true. Like not often said. Okay. So type fives, tell us about what they can do for boundaries. Type fives for boundaries. Let's see. Um, they type five are researchers, so they do have very strong boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, they can be very rigid at time based on the research that they've done. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't say that they lack boundaries at all. Mm -hmm. um, they could work on softening their boundaries. Um, they are private and independent and very analytical. Mm -hmm. um, fives bring many strengths to relationships, such as insight, curiosity intellect however they they have shallow um they have a shallow capability or capacity to handle other people's emotions um mm. in a relationship and they they do sometimes lack some personal like interpersonal boundaries mm. for themselves um, mm. um they easily detach from their own emotions when they feel their environment is overwhelming this mm. um, find freedom when the world feels intrusive or neglectful, and they may replace consuming knowledge with human connection as others may seem too much for them at times. Mm. Um, I think the young five learned regulation of needs on um, being met are based on many not having their caretakers um, be responsive to their needs, and they found mm. that regulation was necessary, and they used knowledge to fill that space up. Mm. So. Yeah. Thank you. Cause I think people get really upset with fives. Um, so it does help on this one, I think to pause and say that, to say, this is usually why this happened to them. Cause it's, as you said, can be an extreme type with a shallow capacity. So that's great that you remind us there's a history here. There is a history there um, that goes along with attachment styles too. But um, mm -hmm. I think, I think that is, it's important to know the base on those, on, on the types, but I think, and the fives can be quite stoic too. Mm. They're in their head a lot, thinking about the knowledge that they have, again, replacing that almost with a pride. Like I know all this stuff, I've done all this research and 
that almost can take the place. It's like a self-preservation where they protect themselves from vulnerability and relationships. Mm, Yes. And do you feel that um, spouses need to, I mean, how can we honor that knowing we need to, and that they were overwhelmed as a child um, as well as kind of challenge our fives in that space? I think, I think it's good to remind them that they are not powerless when it comes to expressing their needs and emotions. Mm. Um, I mean, it's safe for them. Like we want to provide that safe, safe again, that safe place for them so that they don't want to detach from their emotions. Um, we want to help them soften some of their boundaries, um, that they have towards others and, Mm. um, remind them that they are brave for showing up despite their fears rather than isolate because um, they will do that a lot. They'd rather go into their their thinking space, their knowledge, um, and then that creates that safe space for them to detach from other people, mm-hmm. um, and remind them that their vulnerabilities are a gift, not a not a burden. I think that's mm-hmm. really for a five. Oh, I really like that. That's a great reminder for our fives because they don't want to share their stuff, but it's really a gift to others to get to care for them for just a little while. So if you're a five listening, uh, you don't have to give it all, but give us some so that we can help you just like, honestly, you help everybody else. So I love that you reminded them of that. Um, What would you say to our sixes out there? The supporter. Um, I would say that sixes are concerned with the common good. Um, They are also committed to loyalty and relationships. Most sixes have complex and inconsistent boundaries and managing them takes a great deal of energy. Um, The six needs boundaries to give them a sense of security. Sixes send out numerous boundary feelers simultaneously, simultaneously in order to determine what might happen next. Mm -hmm. Um, Is this person safe or trustworthy, et cetera? Sixes, um, they struggle with fear. They struggle to forgive and forget. And to them, forgiveness is a sign of weakness. And they believe they must guard and protect themselves from potentially hurting hurtful people. Awesome. Oh my gosh. That makes so much sense about how they're trying to be close, but they're like, I have to be on guard. I can't trust people. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Being in that relationship with a six, I think that it's beneficial and helpful like in the boundary department, just to encourage them to spend time calming their minds a few times Mm -hmm. a day, like Mm -hmm. knowing that they need to take that space for themselves, Mm -hmm. um, encourage them to limit their exposure to those who create anxiety in their life. If they're coming home and they're complaining about somebody that's constantly creating anxiety, then encourage them to set some boundaries and to create some space so Mm -hmm. that they're not to struggle with that as much. Um, It's okay um, if not everyone agrees with them that they are safe um, in that department and uh, to work on forgiving others. Again, remind them they are safe and forgiveness does not mean that they are vulnerable. It's actually a strength to be Mm. able to forgive people and to just kind of help them walk through that. Okay. And don't belittle their fears. I think it's really important that we do not belittle their fears Mm. um, and that we listen to them and that we validate those fears for them. 
Yeah, that's a really good one. I don't think sixes at all appreciate if they say, I have thought this through and planned this through and you're not seeing it. It's like they don't want to hear that uh, you don't believe in them because they do have a lot of good troubleshooting. That's a great reminder. Um, so if we feel they're maybe complaining too much, you said, um, make sure that they uh, understand that that you care. Um, but maybe you're saying give them a few times of the day so that they can really focus more on their fears and kind of how they can work with them at those few times a day. Yeah, it's just giving them some time to process through those those feelings. Again, the the fears that they have. So um, I think it's it's important to say we're not going to stay in that, yeah. but go take a little bit of time to process through that. Mm, thank or you. let's talk through it or let's talk through it. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. Thank you. Well, well, that's so cool. And our sixes are grateful because they love so hard and they don't want to lose their people. And that's why they don't set boundaries. Correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that we help them in doing mm -hmm. that as long as we're creating healthy boundaries ourselves. Mm -hmm. yeah. Good point. Okay, perfect. That really is awesome. Um, I'm like holding there some space for our sixes listening because I'm like, I know this is hard. <laughs> and so, so thank you. Anything else you want to share for our sixes before we move on to sevens? Um, I don't, I don't really have anything right now. I think that I, I think that they are very unique and wonderful. And I think they do deserve that space. There's a reason why they have they think the way that they think and they feel the way that they feel. And again, they're, you know, they're, they're called the supporters. So they are very good at supporting other people. Um, mm. And I do, I just, it's just honoring them in their space and their time and validating them, but not allowing them to stay there. Yes. Oh, thank you. Good. I love it. Okay. What about our sevens with boundaries? My type. Well, I know I should be asking you about boundaries. Oh, I talk about it all the time. I want to hear from you <laughs> and you can help me and then I'll add if there's anything. Okay. That sounds good. Um, the seven is a wonderful friend, partner, coworker. Um, they are very optimistic. They are driven by adventure, fun, and lighthearted. Um, they struggle to confront their feelings, especially when they perceive that their emotions may be negative. Um, they long for a safe world and choose to see the best in people. Um, in their weakness, they can be hard-headed and opinionated and have a hard time following through on commitments. Mm. Often seek the next best experience, which may leave their partner feeling like they aren't good enough. Mm. Um, so help your partner to understand that peace will come when they embrace the present moment and mm. help them with withness to be mm. present. Oh, that's amazing advice for us. That is so hard. And it comes down to so much self-soothing to do that because sevens don't often realize that they're an anxious type. So for me to hear you say that is life-giving. And um, I'm very curious um, as to how you knew that. And I know you have a seven in your tri-type, but like that's gold. I hope our sevens are listening hard because that is, you're speaking from inside of the game with me. And I'm like, oh, she knows. <laughs> And you've also well, worked with me for a while. <laughs> I do know. I do know a seven. <laughs> but you know I would say that with you, I watch you and your boundaries are amazing. They're strong. They're not rigid. They're healthy and they're balanced. 
And I see that in everything that you do. And I am very impressed by that. Oh, you are such an angel. And um, at home, I have to do the things you're saying. So I think that's really good. And uh, all the sevens listening, um, I happen to have a spouse that really does challenge me and I need that. So I enjoy it and uh, it works for not getting bored, but I want to encourage uh, spouses of sevens to make sure that you uh, share your thoughts and opinions, especially if we have a lot of nines in the world. So so share and be present and come in with your sevens so that they can have somebody to engage with that will challenge, like Melissa said, strong ideas. Uh, that's important in that one-to-one bond that you guys are that close that you can say, hey, I see the world this way. Um, and as you were talking about earlier, I think it's the same thing here when you mentioned type ones. Um, This is a great one for people to say, there are other opinions out there. Let's see what they are. And even for that spouse, the seven has good opinions too. It's just, they might not be shared and you don't want your seven to throw theirs at you, right? (laughs) I think you I think as a seven, you have fabulous opinions. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, my teenager didn't think so today when I was railing at her about something and she did her classic, calm yourself. And I'm oh. like, my four. And I'm just like, okay, but like, I know I'm right about this. I'm like, you can't take on too much because you're a four. And like, I didn't say four, but I was like, if you take on too much next year, like, no, and she's just like, call me yourself. And I'm like, she's like, you're mad at me. And I was like, I'm not mad at you. I just like, I'm going to be opinionated here. So we just have our little banter and sort of like an old couple. Um, but well, you, you've got, you know, as a seven, there's lots of thoughts and ideas that are going all the time for you. So yeah, yeah. true. And so Wes and I do that. I think I do that with Jack, uh, my six, we, he has a contrarian spirit. We, we all do that. Um, Melody, when she's really in her nine though, can rise up too. So we'll talk about nine soon, but talk about eights with us. What can our eights do to really rise up into their healthy boundary setting? Well, um, the challenger, they are excellent leaders, um, mm. and they charge of their environment. Well, they have a knack for knowing how to get things done. Mm. Um, eights by nature have very strong or rigid boundaries, and they are mm. highly passionate about what and who they believe in. And eights, I think are often misunderstood as they can come across controlling. Um, and so this is because they have a fear of being controlled mm. and, makes them feel weak and vulnerable and the eight has a motto sort of say say what you mean and Mm. mean what you say right um so the eight does not fear conflict sometimes I think they enjoy the conflict it makes it feel like they are it's almost like a way of connecting with people is having that little bit of conflict in fact I had a client say the other day that they love conflict um Mm. and they don't necessarily not not a high conflict, but they do enjoy the game of of the conflict and the engagement with other people. And it's because it creates that engagement with them. Fascinating. In intellectual engagement. So I would say that, you know, to help, to help the eight, um, to soften, you want to help them soften their boundaries and remind them that they are not vulnerable for doing Mm. so. I think that's Mm. important. Them and remind them not everyone has to agree with them. 
um, that's okay too. And um, they don't need to be the solver of all problems. Um, they need to allow others to have room to try to solve their problems too. And it may not be done exactly the way that eight would do it. And that's okay too. Um, a lot of times I'll say, you know, you have from point A to point B and one type is gonna go straight to it. Another type is gonna go loop around and backwards and up and down and all over. But you're all gonna get to the same point. It's just gonna be, the route is just gonna be different, but the end result will be the same. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay to sit back sometimes and say, okay, go ahead. You do it your way. Mm -hmm. And what I try to remind them is there's lessons in, in things not working out exactly the way that we want them to in that controlled um, mm -hmm. environment. So, and that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really hearing you say there's lessons in letting go and for an eight. And I didn't even think of that. Like that's a neat to process for them because you're right. They probably could take everything on, but is it good for them? Or is it like when they're in their two and, you know, we both know twos and eights have that relationship together. But as you said, twos can wear themselves out. And I've heard that about eights too. So I'm glad you're saying you not only can let go, but you need to sometimes. It's important to be able to let go. And again, failure is not failure. Failure is when something doesn't work out, like I said, it's an opportunity to learn from that. And and again, it's to give grace to other people that you may, you're in the relationship with, or you may be working with. Mm. Um, and so I think it's important though, in a relationship with an eight though, we do need to be straightforward with them. I don't think we need to beat around the bush. They don't, they don't, they're not, you know, they're not in the gray area. They don't want to read minds. They want to know exactly what you're thinking and what you're feeling. Um, I think eights are extremely loyal and very protective mm. of their, their partners. Um, and, but again, that protection can come across as overbearing, sometimes controlling. Yeah. So it's able to have that dialogue with them to say, Hey, I know you love me and I mm -hmm. see where your place is. I see where you're coming from. But mm -hmm. it's harsh. It's harsh for me. So I think it's it's okay to remind them of that. Mm, thank you. And that's a really cool reminder for eights who are thinking. Um, maybe I'm even remembering right now somebody in my life who I could be a little softer with or a little less, um, not that I'm not strong because I, you know, you are a strong person, but to be able to just take a few deep breaths and pause. Um, it's a good boundary for you and for them because you're not as insistent on um, them to make or break your day. And that helps you with like being too vulnerable in that way. Like um, if you put everything onto other people, then you get hurt again and again and again. But if you just put some things on, then you can have some vulnerability. Yes. I, I love, I, you know, I have the eight, that's my, my stress mm -hmm. where I go to stress, but mm -hmm. I've tried to turn that into a positive because when I go into my eight, I tend to get more things done. I just try to remember to stay in a place, staying in the heart place where I'm not wanting to control everything, but I use it as a motivation to try to accomplish things a little bit more. I always say I like a boardroom and my, my wings and my arrows are my, my board members. And so I go into like 
I'm Sybil or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I know that that's like the analogy of like, there's parts of us though. And now we've come to realize that in our personal, you know, we have all of this going on inside. And so I like how you're like, yeah, IFS uh, is actually a thing, uh, internal family systems for those who don't know that label, but it's neat for me to hear you say, I can use my little eight. Yeah, I do. I I do like, I like my eight. I mean, I don't like it when I go into my unhealthy space with it because that's when I've lost all control. I feel like, and I'm trying to gain that control. Um, but if I try to tune in and keep it kind of on a healthy spectrum. Mm, yay. Well, that's good for you as a two and other twos listening to bring the eight out like that, how you do, where you say, I need the energy. I can't let it take over and dominate. Um, but eights, you also need your two helping energy. So bring it in. Just bring it in. Pace yourself. Um, thank you. What about our nines, our peacemakers out there? Oh, our nines. Um, they have very flexible or fluid boundaries or lack of boundaries. Um, they are the peacemaker. They do not like conflict at all. Um, they fear conflict and they actually fear boundaries. Um and they don't want the abandonment and the rejection that comes with trying to create those boundaries. Um, a nine is a chameleon um, on the Enneagram. Um, and they, but, but the nine, I heard you say this one time and I thought it was really neat. You said something about the nines are at the top of the Enneagram. So they're mm-hmm. overlooking all, the whole, yes, all of the numbers, all of the types, mm-hmm. right? They are great at being chameleons and being adaptive in conversations with all of the types. Um, and I think they can relate to all of them very well, but that's mm-hmm. a lot of that's because they're really good active listeners mm-hmm. and they don't, their opinion is necessary. So they are very good at supporting other people mm-hmm. and their needs and what their wants are. Um, mm-hmm. um, they can see all sides of the conversation though, when they are. And I think that's a strength that they have when they're talking to somebody, they can see all sides of the conversation. Um, and they process that information and they may not give their answer because they don't feel like it's needed or important, um, but they definitely can understand and they can relate. I say nine sometimes with boundaries. Um, it's like you have a property and you want to put up a fence, but you can't put up the fence properly unless you know what your property lines are. And mm. so I think it's important for nines to understand the value of their opinion, of their feelings. Um, what their needs are, um, but they do have a say in where they go. And I think it's important too, in a, with, in a relationship with a nine to not ask open-ended questions, mm. but more um, multiple choice type of questions. Like, mm. would you like, to, let's go out to dinner. Would you like to go to A, B, C, or D? Mm. A few less options. Because I think the open-ended questions are where they feel overwhelmed. And then they think, oh, fine, I don't know. I don't care. Whatever, wherever you want to go that's fine with me. Um, and so if we ask and we ask them those multiple choice questions and they have answers to pick from, I think that helps with them as they're starting to learn to work on being able to create some boundaries for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, that's a great way to say it. And I feel like our nines listening are like, yes, we are so ready to love people, but we, we don't always know where we end and somebody else begins. And, um, just you giving the permission for them to, um, to really stand up and exert 
who they are with some options and choices um, is still a way for them to get to know themselves. Um, And thank you for saying that to partners like this is a person who hasn't had a chance sometimes to really develop their boundaries. So help them to do that. And then they think with time, they start to really know what they do like. And it might be less about options and more about us becoming listeners. Now, I wouldn't have said that a little while ago, but just as I've been working with nines now for years, I'm going Okay, after a while, sometimes they really do get to know faster what they want. They are very malleable and I love working with and I love teaching them boundaries because they and without any and they feel like everybody walks over them and they feel like they don't have agency anywhere and that yeah. nothing nothing that they want or need matters. Now, mm-hmm. everything that everybody else wants and needs, they get, but with, with yeah. their own needs and desires they have no clue. Um, and so what I will have them do a lot of times is I will say, I want you to write down, like, we'll take a certain situation or relationship and let's write down some very specific boundaries that you want to have that you would desire to have in this relationship, but you mm-hmm. have a fear in, in speaking. And so, um, they will, they'll write down those boundaries And then we'll talk about them and I'll say, what is your greatest fear in that boundary? And will you survive your greatest fear if you, if you create this boundary? Mm -hmm. And the answer is usually yes. Yes, Mm -hmm. I will. And so I'll have them start practicing like small little things at home. Like, you know what? I really, I don't like it when you do this. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not comfortable with it. Or Mm -hmm. I'm, I really don't you know what? I know we always order pizza, but really I hate pizza and I don't want to eat pizza anymore. Um, I do love pizza. I'm not saying anything, (laughs) nothing against pizza. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're like, not really though, but yeah. It's learning to use your voice. It's Mm. for them to use their voice. And once they do start to use their voice and they start getting comfortable and they learn that language of boundaries, they Mm. become powerhouses. They become Mm. amazing leaders, but the, I love their leadership because it's soft, Hmm. but it's controlled and they learn to not let people take advantage of them anymore. And Mm -hmm. they see their worth and they see their identity and it's not wrapped up in what everybody else wants all the time. And I think that's so powerful for them because as young children, I think a lot of times they were overlooked. They were ignored. They were told being quiet is good. Um, and so I think they just kind of grow up with this message of my opinion doesn't matter being Mm. quiet and they become wallflowers and their opinions are amazing. The nines that I know when they speak, Mm. it's what, tell me more. I want to hear more that like they have is amazing. Yeah. And I think that those who are less connected to their power, if you're like, I don't feel energized and amazing. Um, really getting in there with your body work and getting that um, physical fitness can help you to digest and make those opinions um, a bit, like we said, more vibrant and out there so that at first you might need those options. And I think all nines might even sometimes still want that, but, but then to be able to say, um, I do know um, that's empowering. I had a nine say that to me today. And I was like, she's like, if I do my body work, am I going to know, uh, which decision to make? And it was a friend, not a client. And I was like, 
yes. <laughs> I was like, you are, you're going to have a better idea for sure. Um, because it's hard when you haven't had a chance to get moving as a nine. So thank you for just empowering them that they have amazing opinions when they're able to give them. Well, I think they need to be in tune with their body. I think there needs to be some self attunement mm. too. So if somebody crosses a boundary that a nine may have drawn, mm. um, I guess the best way for a nine to know if that's, it's okay or not is how they feel within their, if they're feeling disrespected or they're feeling not good about that, or if they're feeling angry or hurt, um, mm. be aware of that, to be in touch with that so that they can, and, and even keep note of that so that they can kind of have a, like a reference to go back to and say, you know, when this happens, I feel this way. Um, and that can help them be more aware too, with starting to draw boundaries and just having mm. that self too. Yeah. Thank you. That's a really good one that I didn't even think of. That is absolutely awesome. Making sure that they not only have the boundaries, but that they can really be supported and empowered and, and lifted up to make these choices together. Um, because I think you're right. They might hit some walls at first if they're not prepared well. Um, so you're giving them that attunement with themselves and, um, I think that's your gift as a two. So thank you because these tips have been life-giving today. Um, and that's not one I would have even given, um, because you're really reminding us, like, we can't just be tuned in with our bodies and our minds. We have to be tuned into our hearts too. So thank you, Melissa. Welcome. You're welcome. I'd like to say one more thing about the nine, because yeah. I think that can take on a passive aggressive attitude when their boundaries mm -hmm. have crossed because they don't know how to speak what they're feeling and what their needs are and to draw those boundaries. And I think if you're in a relationship with a nine and you see that passive aggressive response from them, that there's something underlying happening, like ask them, give them a voice, give them that space to say, okay, I noticed you're upset. What mm. happened? A lot of times a nine will get upset about something that happened or was said to them and they won't say anything about it, but they will act passive aggressively um, because they don't, they don't have the healthy boundaries and articulate what they're saying. And so I think it's important in a relationship with a nine to, to be responsive to that, to be sensitive to that. And to say, um, I, I see that you're upset. You're kind of acting passive aggressively. Like what happened? What upset mm -hmm. you? I want to give you the space, the safety to be able to talk about that. Um, even if the nine feels like, well, they're not going to want to hear it, or they're going to get mad at me for saying it. I think it's really important to make sure that you do give the nine that space to recognize that they're upset about something and give them that space to be able to talk about what happened and it not just get brushed under the rug. So it's just mm. really that space for them to talk and to have a voice. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for empowering spouses of nines to do that too, so that nines are not left with uh, just themselves to do all the work. There's a lot of nines out there. So there's probably a lot of nine spouses listening or partners. So it's not easy sometimes to just sit there and listen. But if you don't, you're going to get the passive aggressiveness and stubbornness. So it's in both of your favors. And then if you do listen, you guys get to shine so much brighter together. And that's where Melissa comes in as she is Enneagram and Marriage Certified. She is not only that, but Gottman Level 2 number one marriage researcher in the world certified with his programs um, and has other expertise too, trauma-informed, right? So you have a lot to share. Yes, yes, yes. Did I did a certified mental health 
um, yeah, the certification for mental health coaching. And um, yeah, I, I love what I do. The more knowledge I have, the better I am for my clients. And that's what yes, I enjoy learning. Um, it wasn't always my strong suit when I was younger. Um, and so I enjoy learning and I enjoy being able to share that with others. Mm. Knowledge is power. I said all the time, knowledge is power. Mm, thank you. It's true. And um, I think that what I loved was when the American Association of Christian Counselors came out with their program for uh, getting this mental health certification, you jumped on it. And I was so happy about that. So it just blessed me. And and now you're blessing all of us. So thank you for embracing all the sides. Melissa does her heart, mind and body work. And I love how you, um, I would never say thinking inhibited. You are just so gifted with that part too. So um, you guys can do it too that we are doing our work. You can do yours. Melissa is right here for you if you want to do more with her. Melissa, where can they find you if they just want to catch up with you on an interpersonal level? Um, they can find me on um, your your website, the Reflection mm-hmm. website. I have a bio on there. There's a way that they can connect with me on there. Um, I am Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. Um, Yay! attach my handles or something in the notes for that. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I'm so glad because I know people want to meet you, reach out to you, and they just feel your warmth today. And I think that's why you're one of our uh, favorite guests to have on. And most popular guests is you just bring out such an inner interpersonal glow. So thank you, Melissa. Thank you. And thank you for letting me talk about my favorite subject. Oh, I'm so glad to. You guys are just in for a treat with her other programs that she shares about too on narcissism online as well. So she has these passionate spaces and I knew everyone here would relate on her boundaries talk. So thank you, Melissa. Thank you, Krista, so much. Ah, thank you so much for hanging out with us today and learning boundaries and doing your work, whether you're here in the summer with us or you're in a different season of life. I'm just so proud of you for trying to grow and not giving up and not allowing this season of marriage to get taken over and bogged down by so many to-dos that you forget each other. So come back to this. Make sure you come and save this episode if it was meaningful to you. Make sure you leave us a review on Apple because that's really beautiful to see people sharing. It only takes 30 seconds and it means so much to us. And make sure if you need a coach that you find Melissa. She is awesome. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show as well as enneagramandmarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.